0: In the era of fake news and alternative facts, the focus on language in politics is high. What a bill is or a campaign is called can be just as, if not more important, than the actual contents. With the recent string of, quote, heartbeat and related bills in several states, we're taking a look at the role language plays in how we debate issues in public. Dr. Fern Johnson is Professor Emerita in English at Clark University. Her research centers on the discourse surrounding ethnicity, race, and gender. Dr. Johnson, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for calling me. Well, rhetoric, of course, is all about persuasion, and appealing to emotions is clearly a big part of that. How does word choice play into that emotional tug?
1: Word choice is the most powerful uh, part of persuasion. Uh, We learned that, you know, centuries ago from Aristotle. And essentially, when politicians or advertisers are crafting their messages— they carefully choose words that have powerful emotional connotations, the, the kind of connotations that can be quickly associated with ideas that, that already exist. Um, so, for example, Barack Obama's use of hope in his presidential campaign. Um, or if we look to abortion, the contrasts, for example, of the pro-life and pro-choice. So making life and choice and all of their connotations very key in the debate. So it's like a shorthand that really does gather together a lot of uh, connotations and and meanings that already exist.
0: Well, okay, so you mentioned the Obama Hope campaign. There's also the Patriot Act, Make America Great Again, the Dream Act. They're all attention-grabbing slogans or ideas But what makes phrases like them work, is it that they are aspirational? There's something to reach for here?
1: What makes them work is they have a history. Sometimes the history gets twisted, but if you look in a dictionary, you can find all of these words. So you'll get a, a definition. You'll get many definitions. Some of them are denotative. Some of them tell you how a word would be used. For example, heart, which is critical. Now, in these laws, you know, the first definition is going to have something to do with an organ in the body. Uh, It'll also include definitions related to a suit and a deck of cards or how we feel about something. But there's no context for these. So when you actually attach a word to other meanings that already exist, the connotations explode. So you get something like heartbeat bands, and the connotations for heart now relate to issues uh, about the center of life, the need for protection, love, and so forth. So you've got a much larger set of ideas that in this case are already firmly lodged in a position about abortion. And now we have one word, heartbeat. the root of which is heart which can take on a vast association of meaning and do it very very quickly
0: mhm yeah well it it's certainly catchier than fetal pole cardiac activity
1: absolutely
0: <laughs> which which is technically what it is at that stage of pregnancy and obgyns have been quick to point that out that there's no cardio there's no Way of talking about any kind of cardiovascular system right, at that time.
1: Right, right, no circulation system that the heart can be feeding at that point.
0: Yeah, but so the word heart, however, are there phrases, are there things that come up over and over again? You mentioned life, certainly, uh, pro life, pro choice, that kind of dichotomy. But heart, what are some of the words that come back over and over again in these kind of campaigns?
1: Lo- love, protection. Um, the vitality of life, uh, you know, pulsating. I mean, we think this notion of a pulsing heart that, that you know, we use this in all kinds of other contexts about, about love, about emotion, about um, affect, feelings for other people. It, it personifies what is essentially a, a mechanical um, anatomical Organ. so you know we, we've now moved it out of that denotative stage and into a very meaning rich connotative stage.
0: Can you can you clarify again what denotative means?
1: Denotative would be you know our, our, our dictionary uh, flat meaning. So you know I have a desk and you know a desk is a flat surface and you can go on and, and, and define what it is. But it might, for a writer, connotate, have another meaning, connotate the place where they work, a place of love, a place of frustration. You might dread it. You know, you can have a lot of different feelings about it. And just mentioning the word desk is likely then to call up all of those ideas in your mind, not so much that, you know, it's a flat surface that I spread out my work
0: on. Mm -hmm. So what are some other examples of very well-formulated rhetoric, ideas of things that really stick with us?
1: Well, there, there are certainly um, successful, you know, advertising campaigns. Is that the sort of idea, you know, that, that you're thinking of that, you know, the repetition? Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, like I, I'm thinking of also political bills, you know, how many of them had something like HOME in them, you know, as an acronym or SOS, yeah. you know, save yeah. our schools, save our soldiers, save our, you know, that but kind of thing. Save our
1: soldiers. Um, I do a lot of research on uh, language policy. And when there was a uh, you know a move to get rid of bilingual education all in various states all these bills were some version of english for the children now i mean who can be against that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that sounds that sounds very positive but it was a it was a shorthand for saying get rid of any other language taught in schools and it, it you know it it was easy to say had a positive Connotation, caused positive spin to it.
0: Yeah, well, we have the Georgia Heartbeat Bill or HB four eighty one signed into law as the Life Act, which stands for Living Infants Fairness and Equality. So, S, uh, the the the, the uh, idea of an acronym really takes hold. But I'm also thinking about you know what you're saying about life. The the what we're hearing now, heartbeat bill for anti-abortion rights, force pregnancy for pro-abortion rights. These feel a lot more visceral than pro life and pro choice language that was used in the past. Is, it, is that what's happening? Our language is getting amped up to be, I don't know, a little bit more, even more feeling?
1: Ab- absolutely. Because I think, you know, all, all of the emotions and the polarization in political culture are, are so extreme. And the the strategy related to the heartbeat bills is, is so clearly laid out, even explicitly m- mentioned as, you know, trying to get one of them to get to the courts. There needs to be a fresh, new language. You know, we have many uh, people who weren't born, um, you know, when Roe versus Wade was decided. Um, you know, there are different ideas about feminism. There are different ideas about. Um, you know, liberalism and progressivism, you, you need to, to freshen the vocabulary and, and make it as current as possible. So, you know, those who are defending the right of choice are now responding to a new term that is in the media sphere because it's in the legal cases. That's what makes the news. The status quo doesn't make the news. The legal cases now that make the news. So there needs to be, you know, a way of responding to that. Um, obviously, safe and legal abortion still, still is a very powerful response. But this notion of forced pregnancy is rich because it, it really engages very negative ideas about, you know, incest, about you know, forced reproduction in slavery. Uh, you know, very very negative things that now can function in a similar way, but with fresh language. Whether that will catch on is yet to be seen. I mm-hmm. think maybe Stacey Abrams was the first person who used the term. I'm not sure about that, but you know it it will it will get coverage, and whether it then catches on and becomes a, a you know a more sloganized term um, I think is yet to be seen
0: Uh, and you mentioned earlier dr. Johnson the idea of it's really hard to change the debate once something takes hold so uh, I but but I do think of things like the Affordable Care Act that became Obamacare right which was then it was taken away from the Obama campaign and then sort of owned by them so
1: absolutely
0: so where is the who has the success in that case those who took it away or those who took it back
1: uh, it depends on who's making the judgment about the success. Um, I mean, we can, you, can, you can follow how it happens over a time sequence and say, okay, uh, calling it Obamacare, um, you know, ultimately and, and, and essentially embracing the term uh, so, so they won. But I think then, you know, at, at some point on the other side, you could also say, well, that was the term we used and then the, you know, Obama support is tried to corrupt it. Um, but I think it really is in that sense, you know, in, in the mind of the person who hears the term, who uses the term, becomes a term of art. And a lot of people forget that there ever was a controversy about it. Um, I think, you know, same, same thing with, with the term queer. Um, you know, the, the meanings have changed so much. So now it's just, you know, in the lexicon, it's in the news, it's in everybody's vocabulary. And it's not, you know, necessarily for the usage of the term itself, um, a negative term. People might have negative attitudes about certain individuals, but the term is now very different because it was taken back by. You know, a group of people who said it, that's our term. We're going to use it. We're going to be proud of it.
0: We have just a minute left, but I'm thinking about uh, what you said earlier, that this is this power of persuasion in words has not really changed since Aristotle. Uh, but there's there's more than just emotion. There's logic. There's reason that you appeal to, which tend to have the most success.
1: Uh, It depends, again, on where your argument centers. You know, if you're an advertiser and you're putting together, you know, a a, a quick advertising soundbite, um, on balance, emotional appeals are probably the strongest. But it might actually be what what Aristotle called, you know, ethos or ethical appeals. It can be a person, you know, whose character stands for something.
0: Dr. Johnson, Um, I have to leave it there, but I want to thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Fern Johnson, Professor Emerita at Clark University. Thanks so much for listening today.